This is the Disciple Makers Podcast. The following audio comes from the National Disciple Making Forum by Discipleship.org. The theme was Disciple Maker, and Monty Starks from Life on Life Missional Discipleship hosted a track called How to Pursue and Disciple the Heart Like Jesus. Here's the track session from Life on Life Missional Discipleship. Okay, really quickly, um, before we get started, Ryan's going to jump in here. Um, raise your hand if you're here for the first... Uh, you were not here for the uh, what we just did. <laughs> what am I trying to say? And uh, so this is the first time. So we got... Uh, Oh, Lordy. <laughs> Y'all that were here last time, we think we should bring them up front, don't we? Yeah. Yes, and, and we should pursue their hearts. Amen. Okay, so we'll de- how, how many people are new over here? Okay, so I'd say about 20 people. So, yeah, let's... Um... All right. All right, here we go. What are we going to do? We're going to do a long deal. Let me start talking Okay. All right, so... Um, okay, for those people who are new... Um, we, we can't go backwards. This is uh, 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 Domino's things that we're doing because we're going to dive in deeper. But what we talked about in the first session was that we're creating the image of God. And that Jesus was full of thoughts. He was full of incredible emotion. Uh, he lived out of his deep desire to worship the Father and long to, to follow Him and worship Him. And then He made incredible choices. And Ryan's going to lead us through that in a little deeper way right now. And then we're going to actually engage one another. And some of y'all are already getting nervous about that. Um, uh, and, but Ryan and I decided because there's some new people that uh, we'll engage. I'll engage him this time. Um, so what we're, what we're doing is, is we're, we're, we're talking about how we need to live out of our full hearts. And as Christians, we don't. And I hope the people that just saw it the last time that that was normal Christian community. And I hope that the people this time will see that again. We can't go into the scripture. Y'all can look up John chapter 12 and follow look at the heart of Jesus. But he lived out of his true heart. And now Ryan's going to take us into deeper of how we're creating the image of God. Yeah. Uh, so when Monty said we just made a, dis- we made a decision that we're going to model again, when he said those words, we made that decision. So, <laughs> <laughs> so here we are. Um, I want to introduce myself real quick, and for those who don't know, we're from Life on Life Ministries, which is Perimeter Church. We're both pastors on staff at the church, and the church wants us to lead our people in discipleship and also to train other churches in discipleship. So lifeonlife.org will give you all that info. Um, I've been discipling people since 2004, and I'm married, coming up on 10 years in a few months now. And we have a little nine-month-old. Her name is Savannah. And like I said before, she didn't know the time changed last week. So we've got awesome alarm clock going for us. Um, it, is, it is my passion to invest in guys' lives. I absolutely love it. It's not easy. Um, I was talking with somebody uh, just a couple weeks ago. And I was asking him some of these questions to, to get to his heart a little bit, and he kept apologizing to me. And I said, you, you don't have to apologize. This is what I'm here for. We're not here to have it all together. We're here to run after Jesus together. And it's messy, and it takes time, but that's okay. That's what we've been called into. So that's my heart. That's my passion. Let me pray for us, and we'll dive on in. <clears throat> Lord Jesus, thank you so much that you've called us together. And Lord, we thank you that uh, we don't have it all together, but you do. And Lord Jesus, you, you do on our behalf. We thank you that before the Father, we have your record. And that it's okay to let others see that we don't have it all together. Thank you that you bring healing through your spirit in our hearts, and you also bring healing through your spirit in community through others. Lord, we need one another. And would you use this time to help us love each other deeper and invest better in those you've called us to. So we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. So at the beginning of the last session, Monty said that the biblical definition of the heart is the whole person. 
when the Bible says heart, it's not just talking about our emotions. When the Bible says heart, it's talking about all of who we are. So you could probably break that down into a bunch of different ways. We're going to break it down into four ways to help make what we just went through in the first session a little more practical. So the four areas of the heart, just like we've got four chambers of our heart, let's see, are these animated to come up? Our thoughts, feelings, deep desires, and choices. So as Monty was talking through John chapter 12 and looking at Jesus' heart, this is what he was looking at. He talked about Jesus' thoughts. The Greeks are coming. He talked about Jesus' feelings. Agitated, perplexed, troubled. He talked about his deep desires that the Father would be glorified and his choices going to the cross. Now I want to dive a little deeper into each of these real quick just so that we have a good understanding of it. And then we're going to give you four easy questions for how to go deep with somebody else. How to engage somebody's heart on all four levels of their heart. These four levels are all connected to each other. They all relate to each other. Now, a lot of times we do not live out of that. We live on, on certain areas of our heart without ever touching the others. So I want to give us a little bit of taste of what that could look like. So our thoughts, our thoughts are probably the easiest one to think through. <laughs> Get it? Um, <laughs> our thoughts, it's on the surface level, right? Our thoughts, it's what's going on right now, what we're thinking about. I'm not going to go into a lot of detail about that. You, you understand your thought life. Feelings, on the other hand, feelings are a little bit stickier, right? Most of us are probably influenced in two primary ways in America about feelings. Number one was mentioned already in the first session, and it's this idea of stoicism. Don't show your feelings or you're weak, right? That comes from Greek philosophy. It's been around for a long time, and it, it covers a lot of cultures. If you let somebody see you feeling something is wrong, you've got to figure out a way to cover it up and to not let it be seen. Right? We just saw that Jesus did not live that way. He wept over death. He wept to the point of, or he sweated in anger and agitation. I mean... Jesus experienced a full range of emotions, and Jesus shows us what true humanity really, really is. Because we're made in the image of God, and Jesus is the exact representation of God's image. Jesus is God himself. We see him living a full range of emotions. So stoicism certainly is not the answer. The other thing that's not the answer is what we've been seeing more and more in the past few years. It is that... Feelings are the only absolute truth in a relativistic culture, right? You can't tell anybody they're wrong about anything, right? That's off limits. If somebody says they're feeling a certain way, that is truth, right? Here's the problem. That belief connects feelings 100% to choices. I feel this way, therefore I must act on it. You cannot go against your feelings because your feelings are the only thing that reality is. That is not true. So we live in this world where we have, you cannot show your feelings or your feelings are the only thing that's absolutely true. And somehow our kids and ourselves have to try to navigate this. The Bible gives a different view of feelings altogether. Feelings come from Typically, I'm going to say typically, our deep desires. It comes from the things we long for. How many times has this happened in our marriage, right? Um, there's an argument, and we realize my wife thought the night was going to go differently than I thought the night was going to go, right? I had an expectation that we were going to sit down and watch the new Spider-Man movie. She had an expectation that we were going to sit on the back porch and talk, I have a feeling of anger, and she has a feeling of anger. Those angers come from a desire for that night, right? The desire was not met on either side. So because that desire was blocked, that feeling 
of disappointment or anger or whatever it is comes in. So I think desires are tied into the things we, we, we believe and the things we desire. So as we understand our feelings, like Monty said, he, he told a little story about my, you know, the check engine light coming up and you know, you can, you can try to knock it out, or you can get a Sharpie. That works really well. You just mark it over. And he was exaggerating a little bit. The check engine light didn't come on on our drive up here. It did two days ago. Um, so we're, we're okay now. Yeah. Just one new alternator. We're all set. Um, so, there we go. I, I'm going to derail myself here. Um, there we are. Our deep desires... Our deep desires are given to us by God. It's something that God has put in our heart. Like Monty said in the first session, we have a desire to love and be loved. All of us do. At the same time, there are unique desires that we all have. Uh, unique ways that God has designed us to reflect His image in the world that are different for some than others. But they're desires that He has given. And we're going to focus on the good desires, but I just want to, I want to answer the question because I know everybody's thinking it. What about the bad desires? What about the evil things? The devil is not a creator. He is a perverter. Right? He does not create something. He perverts something. You have a desire for the deep intimacy with somebody else. And that is most fulfilled in sexual intimacy, in a marriage relationship. That desire is a good desire. It's given by God, and we see it in the garden before sin even showed up. That desire is built in, and it's great. And that desire has been deeply perverted in many people in this room, myself included. And when that desire is perverted, it changes the trajectory of where that desire is going to go. That desire becomes overpowering in people's lives. It leads to addiction. It leads to destruction everywhere. But the desire itself was not bad. It's the perversion of the desire that's bad. I, I had a, a friend who would say this, and I thought it was so helpful. He would, he would say, how do you know when something goes from a good desire given by God to an idol? It's that point somewhere in the middle where I'm willing to disobey God and hurt others to get it. I want it so bad, I will hurt somebody else to get it. I want it so bad that even though God has not given it to me yet, I'm going to do whatever I can to get it. So we're going to focus on the deepest level where those desires are given by God. Even if that desire has been perverted, let's get back to the image-bearing nature of who we are and see that desire in its God-given form. Okay, so that's what we're going to focus on. When we're asking questions to get to the desire, we're asking those questions to get to the heart of what God, what reflects who God is. Choices. Choices are really obvious, right? These are what a lot of us like to run to right off the bat. These are your action steps. These are your smart goals. Um, but these choices, when we're living out of our whole heart, they've got to come out of the deep desires. If you were here in the last session, you heard what Monty wants to do tomorrow when he gets back home. He wants to love on his daughter. Why? Because that deep desire in his heart for her to see the love of the Father through him. His choice is coming out of that deep longing in his heart. Right? Now, we don't all live this way, do we? Um... I'm, I'm going to generalize. I hate generalizing, but I'm going to do it for a second. But no, it's a generalization, so it's not true for every one of us. But typically, men live on the top. Thought choice. Thought choice. Here's what's happening. Here's what we do. Right? <laughs> some, of us, some of us are fix-it people, right? I hear the situation. Here's, here's how to fix the situation, right? Thought choice. Uh, sometimes there's an emotion that kind of tags along, dragging behind, like thought, I'm pretty ticked about that, here's how we fix it, right? Um, many times, and we have, I'll, I'll, tell, yeah, I'll tell that story right now. So when I was in seminary, I, uh, I took a counseling class, 
one of the required, re- you know, I've got this syllabus, I just go to Amazon, everything comes in a big box, and I open the box up, and I've got all these books on pastoral counseling. I pull out one of the books, and it's this thin little book, but it's kind of big, and on the front is this little, like, five-year-old kid smiling, and the book is called Emotions. Okay, so I flip it open, and the first page, that same kid's smiling, and it says, Happy. I look to the next page, and there's a different kid with tears coming down his eyes, and it says, Sad. Keep flipping the pages. The whole book looks like that. (laughs) There's my seminary-level education. Why? Because we are so out of touch. We don't even know how to name our emotions. (laughs) You ask people, how are you feeling? And they spin through all three options in their mind. Happy, sad, angry. Yep, one of those, right? (laughs) Good, bad. There's there's a lot more to it. Uh, We have a sheet, Monty mentioned this sheet, that he gives to people in this group. I like to keep it with me. It's just a list of a ton of emotions. Just pick one. Pick a couple of them. What's going on in your heart? So... Uh, men, well, I'm speaking to all of us, but men, we've got to learn how to name the, the things that are going on in our hearts. Um, as I'm taking that choice and I feel a little bit of rage inside of me, I should probably name what's going on and where is that coming from and how is that connected to a deep desire that's not been met or it may have been perverted. Uh, women tend to live feeling choice. I experience this moment, and my feelings are very, very strong, and so I'm going to do something now. Or I'm going to say something because of my feelings, right? So again, uh, feelings are not the absolute truth in our lives. Feelings are real, and they point to a desire, a desire that may be fulfilled, or a desire that may be blocked, or not yet given. Um... What's the verse in Proverbs? A desire fulfilled... Nope, that's the wrong way. I forgot. Um, An unfulfilled desire makes the heart sick. We know that feeling. So, um, we have to live from the whole heart. Tying all of those things together. Seeing how uh, I experience a situation, and I make some observations on it. I have some thoughts about it. I experience feelings in that situation. I've got to ask the question... Where are those feelings coming from? What is the desire in my heart that is bringing those feelings up? And when I can pinpoint that desire, I want to live out of that desire, not necessarily living out of those feelings. I feel angry. I can lash out in rage, and that may be sinful. I feel angry because I realize what I wanted isn't being met, and what I'm wanting right now... It's not something God's giving me. So maybe that emotion shifts from rage to sadness. And then my choice is not to lash out in rage, but my choice maybe be to grieve it a little bit. Um, So, four aspects of the heart. Thoughts, feelings, deep desires, and choices. As we're engaging people's hearts, we want to walk through all those four levels. If you were here in the first session, that's all I did. I walked through those four levels of the heart with Monty. Um, do you want to walk through questions of the heart, kind of turn these into practical, or do you want me to? Um, actually, why don't I do the other thing first and let them experience it? Okay. Yeah, sounds good. And then, But before that, we'll model again. Okay, yeah. great. I'll jump in here and maybe we can. Yeah. You, um, I'm going to pursue you, by the way. Okay, I'll come up to something. Okay. If you weren't here at the beginning, this is that we have no idea what we're going to ask each other about. But what Ryan talked about is so interesting because as we live out of our full hearts and we start understanding our deep desires, it radically changes. Tomorrow we're going to find out um, how we can get in touch of really what those desires are and that we could get a clarity between those sinful idols that he talked about and distorted desires based upon what God has placed in there to live out, that you could call that out of people. And tomorrow we're going to talk about literally a skill we're going to give you. Today we're going to give you some questions. Tomorrow we're going to put it into a skill that you could live out of. Um, I was coming home from a trip. I was in Asia and in Europe this this week and and on major jet lag right now. And um, 
was gone, and, and I'm on the plane, and I, I'm sitting here um, listening to this guy next to me, and I'm, I'm trying to watch this movie, but this guy literally is um, just talking about his family with the person sitting next to him. And I'm just, I'm literally just getting all worked up. I'm, I'm getting like upset because I haven't seen my family in a while. I'm getting sad. I'm getting discouraged. I should have called them more. I'm always going, and I'm like, what is going on inside of me? So as I'm wrestling with that, I started asking these questions that we're, now to, we're about to model for you and for you to do with yourself and to do with people in the room, which is going to be very interesting here in a moment. And, and I'm starting to, to, to engage those to find out really what I'm longing for at that moment. Why am I getting, why am I getting so all worked up with these people having a conversation about this guy's family? Well, I came to realize down deep in my soul what was going on. And I was able to actually leave the Lyft driver and walk in my house with a whole different choice based upon me dealing with my own heart on the plane. And I would have never done that, and that happened three days ago, I don't, if I didn't wrestle with my own heart. So if anything you learn today, that you'll be able to examine your own heart and understand that as we look and wrestle with Jesus. So what we're about to do is, I'm going to engage Ryan, and then I'm, we're going to set you up to engage one another. Some people are like, I'm going to leave right now. <laughs> we're going to set it up, it's going to be very easy, because remember... When you truly feel heard, you feel loved. And I promise you, if you listen and just ask questions and shut up, you're going to feel truly heard here in a moment. And the stranger or the person next to you that you're about to engage is, uh, might know things about your heart that no one else knows about. Um, and that's up to you if you would like to share them, but this always happens and it always happens. But, yeah. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to model for you again, for those who... It didn't come for the first session. You might want to listen to it because we set the whole foundation the whole bit. But uh, here's a modeling. I'm not going to engage Ryan over something I have no idea about. If somebody thinks this is, we've come up with it, then Merry Christmas. So we're not, <laughs> y'all aren't here. I have no idea what he's going to say. So help me, Lord. And uh, here we go. So, Ryan, how are you doing? <laughs> yeah, I'm a little tired than last time. But, you know, that's okay. Good. Yeah. Um, so I've been... I've been praying about my neighborhood, um, really uh, praying for opportunities for the gospel to be known there. We've been there a little over a year, and we connected with like three families right off the bat, and within the year, all of them have moved, and, and now it kind of feels like they would do, we're just hitting brick walls relationally with everybody. Um, but. Those are the people that God has put us with, and so I just I want to be able to to open that door for the gospel in in my neighborhood. Um, you know, I'm sure you talked to Marianne about that. What y'all's conversations about that? Maybe. Yeah, we we pray together every night. Um, we we talk about walking the dog and and just kind of being sensitive to to saying hi to neighbors and stuff like that. So it's just. Um, it's we talk about it a lot, so I'm trying to think what to even say, but yeah, um, we're I feel like we're on the same team and praying together and just looking for opportunities. But it's we we're just kind of struggling getting to that next place with a lot of our neighbors. Yeah. Time out. I have four ways that I know that he can engage neighbors, oh. so I'm going to tell him right now. No. <laughs> Time back in. <laughs> So, is that not normal, right? You're like, oh, well, let me tell you what I can do. Me, 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 me. In a four-part series that I did last week. Time back in. We're modeling here. Um, so, yeah, I mean, first of all, you talked about, you know, you and Marianne doing that, but you lived there a little over a year and your yeah. desire to engage that in those three people or three families who left that you had yeah. a relationship with. Yeah. So as you think about this, this, you know, heart that really wants to engage your, uh, um, just neighborhood in general, yeah. what feelings are starting? Yeah, uh, discouraged, um, hopeful, um, yeah, I, I don't know, longing, just like, 
It seems like this has been such a, a brick wall compared to so many other places I've been in that it's just, I think discouraging is, is how it feels right now. Um, if you don't mind, just kind of unpacking that a little bit. What do you mean by discouraging to your home? Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I teach evangelism classes. and I've got tons of stuff that I can do, but, but the, the door is just shut. Um, there's people are shutting off and walking away when the subject comes up and it just it's hard to see because I, I so know the freedom the gospel can bring and I so want them to see and experience Jesus um, it's just hard to watch day after day and just say Lord when what, what do I do yeah so you just started sharing a little bit about, um, you know, what really what you long for yeah. for your neighbors. Yeah. Share a little bit more about that. Yeah. Um, the gospel's freedom. It's life, and um, I'm a messenger of that, and I, I want to be. And it just it feels like in this neighborhood, it's been so long that that anybody has receptively heard the good news, and. Um, feels like God has opened the door to relationship and it feels like it feels like this may be a longer play in the Lord's plan um, but I, I just long to see it come to fruition and, and to be a part of his work in my neighborhood mm. what do you long specifically as you and Mary Ann engage yeah as a couple in your neighborhood yeah um, to be a team um, to be hospitable, to be a safe place for neighbors who may have never experienced a safe place. To, um, I mean, there's a joy in, in bringing people into the family, and, and I would love to experience that together as we love on our neighbors and see the gospel go out. So if you were able to carry out that true longing that you have of yeah. seeing a neighbor... Come to faith through your loving and relation, like you said. What would yeah. that do for your heart? Man. Excitement, joy. Um, feels like it's like a front row seat to God's work, even even through us. And, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think it would just give me a sense of, of deep joy in the Lord and and for them. If you had that deep joy in the Lord and for them, yeah. What would that give you heart? Yeah, excitement. Um, a sense of God's presence yeah. in our neighborhood yeah. and, and in our lives in, a, yeah. in that way. Yeah. So, thinking about those longings and that great excitement, what choices would you like to make potentially over the next week or month? Yeah. Especially maybe going into this Christmas season uh, with yeah. your neighbors. Yeah. Um, to keep praying fervently, I think my... My heart and prayer has been very discouraged. Um, so maybe expressing that to the Lord more honestly. Um, continuing to pray and trust Him, even though my timing is not His clearly right now. Um, and to encourage my wife, too, because she, she feels it also. Yeah. I, I want us to both be uh, trusting the Lord together. Mm. Is there anything you would like to do personally as you think about entering this next season? Uh, you talked about pray, yeah. but it literally about engaging, walking out. Yeah. Is there anything you'd yeah, like to absolutely. do uh, face-to-face? or? Yeah. Um, Christmas, people are more apt to do a church thing around Christmas, so an invite might, might be a more open door right now. Mm. Um, love to have people in our home. Yeah. Just just be, start inviting people over more. Um, so those are the two things off the top of my head that I would want to move towards. Yeah. Is it okay if I share with you yeah, how absolutely. you impacted me? Um, first of all, um, for you to talk about this topic with me, um, I feel very honored. Um, uh, it's a sensitive topic because a lot of people don't have those desires or they don't want to do anything about it. 
and so they just don't evangelize. They don't do anything with their neighbors at all. So I appreciate you sharing that. You also give me incredible um, energy uh, as I hear you because I long to do the same thing within my neighbors and I get that same struggle, that same garage door shut, garage door shut, garage door shut and you start beating, at least I beat myself up and I beat myself up and beat myself up. But I don't feel that from you. I feel like even though you're discouraged, I sense great hope from you, great desire from you, even with your wife to pray. So you just give me that incredible energy. So, man, I'm fired up that you would even share that with me. And yeah. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Yeah. Appreciate it. Good game. <laughs> okay, how, again, I'm going to turn to our discipleship group. Don't look at me. Don't give him counsel. Don't tell him what to do. How did just sharing his heart impact you? Again, don't look at me. Raise your hand. I want to be his neighbor. Just your the what I the love that you have for your your neighbors is rare, hmm. and I think that is something that everybody should want to emulate. Um, and uh, the 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 depth of love. And, well, there's two things. The depth of love for your neighbors and the depth of love for Jesus. If you want to take that and share that with your neighbors, it's just really touching me. Thank you. Thank you. I want your patience. (laughs) Wow. Uh, You know, I live in a world where I I try to control so much. Hmm. And that's something I struggle with, I know. But, you know, it's not happening right away. So, if I'm his discipleship leader, you know what I did 25 years ago? Uh, uh, let's see, 28 years ago when I started discipling men? You know what I did for accountability and evangelism? I told them what they needed to do, right? Okay, here's what we're going to do with evangelism. We're going to do this. You know, you're going to pray for this. You're going to share this. You're going to have this material. We're going to go at this. We're going to do this. I just, again, this is not counseling. I didn't tell him anything what to do. Now, what can I hold him accountable for as his leader? Well, that's very interesting. I don't have to come up with a plan of his. I don't have to, you know, you know I might have to stir him on to something if he never talked about it. I want to challenge his heart. But now I could come back and say, hey, what was it like to pray with Marianne last week? I know you're talking about it. Have you invited anybody's neighbors over to the church or to your house during this Christmas season? That's actually coming from his longing, his desire, not something that I go, you know what you should do? You should be evangelistic during the Christmas time. <laughs> right? You, you need to be more evangelistic. Why aren't you loving your neighbors? I, I'm not saying any of that. I'm just asking him questions. So now my leadership in the discipleship group has radically changed. So when I do this with my guys, and I literally will talk to them, and I'll say this, and you can literally answer these questions, because I'll do this. It says, well, uh, you know, we kind of all know we need to spend time with God. And if they're a new Christian, I'll explain that. But if they're a Christian, I'll, I'll say, do you want to spend time with God? And you say, yes, thank you. <laughs> and, uh, and, I'll say, and I would say, when you spend time with God, how does it make you feel? Loved. Loved. Mm-hmm. Great. What do you really long for in your time alone with the Lord? His presence. Great. Now, tomorrow, next week, next month, what, what would you like to choose to do to either spend time with him in a place or what you're going to do with him or prayer or work? What would you like to do to experience that presence? Read his word. Okay. Where would you like to read his word? Everywhere. <laughs> when would you like to read his word? All the time. Yeah. <laughs> well, get out of here and read his word. <laughs> so, if I just said, hey, you need to spend time with God, and here's four ways to do it. Now, if they need some tools, I can give them some tools. Don't misunderstand. 
So what we're about to do... Here, let, I want to jump... One other thing that happened. So the three things that were said, I just want... Those were really powerful to me. Uh, one is I, um, I don't feel patient, but, but you pointed out something that I'm reflecting God in this world, and I didn't even realize it in that. Um, you mentioned a deep longing I have to have a partnership. I want Every time a house goes for sale in my neighborhood, I start telling my friends that I need a partner. Um, but can you imagine if we were in a discipleship group and that comes up eight weeks in and suddenly everybody's got a shared heart for mission together that didn't come from a curriculum? Uh, that, that's a beautiful moment that can happen when you just ask the question. It's not just the two of us, that everybody's a part of this. So I just wanted to point that out real quick before we give. Okay, so what we're going to do is we're going to set you up with a six-and-a-half-minute movie clip. Why are we going to watch a movie? Because Jesus hated storytelling. <laughs> um, I, I wish we could go into more of what, we, what Jesus says, but don't you love like Jesus when he says, okay, here's the parable. And then he goes, but I'm really not going to tell you what it means. I'm just going to go tell these 12 guys. <laughs> if you come to stuff, I think Jesus messed up. And that's a big joke. That's one way he messed up. Yeah, I was like, come on, Jesus. Why don't you go tell them about what it means? They weren't ready in their hearts, right? And he was preparing the kingdom through these guys. So we're going to, um, I think Hollywood understands our heart a lot more than the church does at times. Everybody's like, well, no, there's no way. Hold on a second. Why? I mean, think about that for a second. I mean, sometimes Hollywood, media, whatever it is, it's like, how many people watch those things on ESPN, you know, about some of those 30 for 30, and you're sitting there, and you're just weeping on the couch. You're like, oh, my God, this story. And you're like, well, where's all that coming from? You know what I do now on the couch when I start weeping? I actually start engaging my heart to go, what is really happening? What do I long for? Uh, and a lot of it is to, to serve the Lord, you know. So. We're about to do this, and all you have to do is, and I don't care if you don't know the person or not, it doesn't matter, because here's all you're going to do, okay? We're going to put four questions up on the screen. We're going to watch this video clip, and we're going to show you that you can actually engage people's heart and feel loved and heard by just asking a question and listening. That's all you got to do. What do you say? Huh? What do you say, though? Oh, I say this. Because what you're going to do is, is we're going to give you and we're going to show a clip and there's going to be four questions on the screen and so we're going to go partners. And we'll say, hey Steve, I've never met you before and it doesn't matter and I'm going to go, Steve, I'll ask the questions first and I'll ask all four of these questions. Afterward, we'll switch. Okay? So I'll start with the first. What are you observing? You don't have to answer now because you hadn't seen the video. <laughs> but... All I'm going to go is, it's going to listen. He can talk for 10 seconds, 30 seconds, 4 minutes, 5 minutes. I don't know. And I'm not going to go, well, well, well I observe it. It's my better observation. It may matter. I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to ask the question and listen. What are you feeling? That's all I'm going to do. Can y'all understand this, people? Every time we do this, we train all around the world. Every time we do this, we'll have people and we'll sit there going, what feeling? No, that was the wrong feeling. Because <laughs> the, the feeling I had is the better feeling. It was the right feeling because that was the real part of the clip. There's 700 feelings you can have from the clip. All right, so you're going to ask four questions. You're going to turn to a friend. It doesn't matter if you've never met him before, okay? We do this and this is when people go... They know more about my heart than my spouse does after those four questions. We had that happen, so, on a multiple time. If y'all here last time, you know all about that. All right, so we're going to watch a six-and-a-half-minute clip. You're going to turn to a person. <laughs> if you do it right, you get it back. What are your feelings? You're going uh, to turn to a person. It doesn't matter who it is. And one person's going to ask four questions. You're going to go back. And then we're going to interact afterward, okay? So we're just going to give you like three to five minutes per time, okay? So six to ten minutes on the whole engagement, okay, for both people. Three or five people going back and forth, uh, minutes per person. You got it? Okay. So we're going to watch a six-and-a-half-minute clip from a, uh, a book 
uh, three movies has been done on this, and it's been on Broadway for years and years, called Les Mis. Hey! Who has not seen Les Mis? Oh, man. Lord Jesus, would you save these people from their sin? Okay. Okay, I'm going to set up the toilet. Hey, listen, i got to tell you something. Uh, my, I was born on Christmas Day, okay? Uh, three Christmases ago, y'all know that the last movie came out. Yeah. It was, you know, the, the it was a Les Mis movie. It was all the, it, it was, it was un unbelievable. So my wife and my oldest daughter went with me. And if y'all seen it, how many people seen the last movie? Yeah. So I'm in the movie theater, Christmas Day, the day it came out. And I'm watching the last scene, you know, when she comes up, and I am just losing it. Uh -huh. I mean, the, and I am just losing it, and there's so much. And my daughter's sitting next to me, and my wife's over there. And my daughter puts her hand on my knee. And I just start crying even more. And she goes, Dad, I know a lot of people in the movie theater. Get it together. <laughs> If you haven't seen it on Broadway, it's fantastic. If you haven't seen the movies, I'd probably rent the first one way back. And, uh, we're going to watch Liam Neeson's one about 25 years ago. And basically, what well, I'm going to set this up. You're going to watch it, okay? You're not going to write anything down as you watch it, okay? You're not going to go, this is what I'm thinking. This is what I'm thinking. No, just watch the clips. Enjoy it. And then go, know what's going on in your heart as you watch it, okay? And as you watch this clip... And then afterward, just ask the four questions and then switch. Okay? That's all you got to do. And then we're going to engage and we're going to want to get a little bit deeper about this. Um, so, lame is. I'm going to put them up on the screen. You can't miss them. You're going to look on the screen and go, that's number one. Okay. Thank you for asking. All right. So, lame is. Liam Neeson is John Valjean. He has been in jail for 19 years. He stole food basically because he's trying to provide for his family. He's on his way to a different city in France. He's got a yellow passport. Basically, he's going to his parole officer in another city. He's on the way. He's been in jail for 19 years, and he doesn't have any food. He doesn't have any money, so he doesn't know what to do. So here's in the scene. Uh, Lay Miz, we can hit the lights. And you can watch this here. You can't speak here. Get away from me. Why don't you go to an inn? What do you think? Did you knock on doors and ask people? I asked. I asked everywhere. Leave me alone. You didn't ask there. on that door. What do you think of that Do you have any food you can spare for me? Got in. Look, I'm a convict. My name is Jean Valjean. I've served 19 years hard labor. They let me out four days ago. I'm on parole. I have to go all the way to Dijon to report by Monday, or they'll send me back to prison. So here's my passport. I can't read, but I know what it says. He's very dangerous. Monsieur, you're welcome to eat with us as my guest. I'm a convict. You saw my passport. I know who you are. You, you're going to let me inside your house. did you commit? Maybe I killed someone. How do you know I'm not going to murder you? How do you know I'm not going to murder you? <laughs> I suppose we'll have to trust each other. I didn't kill anyone. I'm a thief. I stole food. I stole what I paid for it. 19 years and chains. So they let me out and they give me a yellow passport. What can I do with the yellow passport? I have to go to my parole officer in Dijon and then what? Starve to death? 
18 years. And now the real punishment begins. <laughs> Man can be unjust. Man, not God. All right, whoever you are, thank you. A meal and a bed to sleep in. A real bed. And in the morning, I'll be a new man. Tell you he was our guest last night? Oh, yes. After we searched his knapsack and found all this silver, he claimed <laughs> that you gave it to him. Yes? Of course I gave him the silverware. But why didn't you take the candlesticks? That was very foolish. Madame Gila, fetch the silver candlesticks. They're worth at least 2,000 francs. Why did you leave them? I... Monsieur Valjean has to get going. <laughs> He's lost a lot of time. Did you forget to take them? Are you saying he told us the truth? Of course. Thank you for bringing him back. I'm very relieved. Release him. You're really letting me go. Didn't you understand that, Bishop? Madam Gino, offer these men some wine. They must be thirsty. Don't ever forget. You've promised to become a new man. Promise? Why are you doing this? Jean Valjean, my brother, you no longer belong to evil. With this silver, I bought your soul. I've ransomed you from fear and hatred. And now I give you back to God.
you were with what what you saw that you wanted to do as far as what you saw in the face. I saw what what I wanted from the Conversations. It, we always do this. Uh, tomorrow you'll find out we'll actually go deeper in some skills and deeper in some engagements. It's, it's really fun. Sometimes we do this training around the world. And uh, by God's grace, for those people who weren't here before, 
we train churches, Life Alive train churches just to get back to how Jesus did ministry. Um, and, and selecting a few, investing in a few, and seeing multiplication happen. Um, and we're working in six continents around the world right now. And when we do this with people in America and different cultures, I had a guy uh, in Ireland says, that'll never happen in this culture. And I asked him two questions, and he was just bawling. <laughs> and I was just like, well, it won't happen in this culture. You know, the cynical. And you probably know exactly what I'm talking about, brother. And uh, isn't that true? These very cynical people. Um, but, but they still are creating the image of God, right? So, I'm going to ask you a few questions. Do not tell me about the clip. I've seen it on Broadway in London and New York. I've read books and the movie. Don't tell me about the clip, okay? So I'm going to ask you a question. Don't tell me about how you answered the people. I don't want to know that either yet. I want to know... Two experiences. The first question I have for you is, how do you experience just being asked those questions and just sharing? How do you experience being asked and sharing? Vulnerable. Do what? Vulnerable. It's what? Vulnerable. Vulnerable. Great. Uncomfortable. Comfortable. Uncomfortable. Oh, uncomfortable. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I modeled something. Um, what is not normally done, and that is when someone starts to get angry or emotions or whatever, what do we usually do? We, we deflect, right? We do one of the three deflections. We joke as men, we try to comfort and shut them down as women, or we do the very spiritual thing. I'll just pray for you right now because I don't want to do it. <laughs> so, <laughs> guess what? I just saw something all over her face. And I just said, do you mind if I ask a question, where's that emotion coming from? When you ask that question, what happens 99% of the time? Oh, they just, they, they feel safe. They feel like, thank you. Someone's asking me. Someone's listening. They're not shutting me down. So thank you for sharing. That was great courage. Um, normal Christian community. Oh, gosh. Um, <laughs> what are we supposed to do? Um, Food trucks at exit C. C is in cat. Condo. Eight, uh, eight food trucks. Last year they were awesome. Um, tomorrow, we will give you a literally a skill. And then we're going to give some more interaction. We're going to watch another movie clip, give you some <laughs> skills. We're going to talk more about the, how to get after the desires of the heart. And we're actually going to watch a thing where... I first understood my heart in uh, 93, uh, no, 95 when I watched this movie, when I wept for 25 minutes straight and they had to kick me out of the movie theater. True story. I was going to watch it, uh, and I didn't understand my heart until then. And I took my wife to it. It was amazing. So let me pray for us, and thank you again. Ryan, excellent job. And, and thank you for sharing your heart about loving your neighbors. And I pray for patience for you, and I pray for a great teammate for you. You need to move. That guy right there. Lord Jesus, uh, we are created in your image. Help us to understand our own hearts and really what's down deep in our souls that, that we so long to disciple people that way, not on the surface, not on just just this knowledge that we just dump on people and they dump it back. It's like some test that we just put answers down on. We do not want to live that way. We want to live in what you've placed in us and the longings and the desires you placed in us that we'd live in and make choices out of those daily, that we'd radically flip our lives around to live out of those deep longings that you've given us that are godly, that are holy. <clears throat> and so, Father, every one of us created like that. Help us. And tomorrow, as we dig deeper into this, Father, would you work in our hearts tonight to deal with all the, the lies and the, and the deception that we've believed in, the deceiver that Ryan was talking about. Not the creator. The evil one is not the creator. He is the perverter, the deceiver. Break all those lies in our hearts that we can truly be honest and vulnerable and open and confess our sins to one another and pray for them that we may be healed. The prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. That's the way we want to live. 
So we, we trust you with these things. We pray in Jesus' precious name. Amen. You've been listening to the Disciple Makers Podcast. That message was from Life on Life Missional Discipleships track called How to Pursue and Disciple the Heart Like Jesus from the National Disciple Making Forum. You'll find dozens of other great discipleship resources like this podcast at discipleship.org. May the Lord bless you as you seek to grow as a disciple maker.